0: chapter 23 of the american housewife this is a libriVox recording all libriVox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by anna simon the american housewife by anonymous chapter 23 397 cement for the mouths of corked bottles melt together a quarter of a pound of sealing wax the same quantity of rosin a couple of ounces of beeswax. When it froths, stir it with a tallow candle. As soon as it melts, dip the mouths of the corked bottles into it. This is an excellent thing to exclude the air from such things as are injured by being exposed to it. 398. Cement for broken china, glass and earthenware. Rub the edge of the china or glass with the beaten white of an egg tie very finely powdered quicklime in a muslin bag and sift it thick over the edges of the dishes that have been previously rubbed with the egg. Match and bind the pieces together and let it remain bound several weeks. This is good cement for every kind of crockery, but thick heavy glass and coarse earthenware. The former cannot be cemented with anything. For the latter, white paint will answer. Paint and match the broken edges, bind them tight together and let them remain until the paint becomes dry and hard. Milk is a good cement for crockery. The pieces should be matched and bound together tight, then put in cold milk, and the milk set where it will boil for half an hour. Then take it from the fire, and let the crockery remain till the milk is cold. Let the crockery remain bound for several weeks." The Chinese method of mending broken china is to grind flint grass on a painter's stone till it is reduced to an impalpable powder, then beat it with the white of an egg to a froth and lay it on the edge of the broken pieces, match and bind them together firmly and let them remain several weeks. It is said that no art will then be able to break it in the same place. 399. Japanese cement or rice glue mix rice flour with cold water to a smooth paste and boil it gently it answers all the purposes of wheat flour paste while it is far superior in point of transparency and smoothness this composition made with so small a proportion of water as to have it of the consistence of plastic clay may be used to form models busts basso and similar articles when made of it they are susceptible of a very high polish Poland-starch is a nice cement for pasting layers of paper together, or any fancy articles. 400. Cement for alabaster. Take of white bees wax one pound, of rosin a pound, and three-quarters of alabaster. Melt the wax and rosin, then strew the alabaster over it lightly, which should be previously reduced to a fine powder. Stir the whole well together, Then knead the mass in water in order to incorporate the alabaster thoroughly with the resin and wax. The alabaster, when mended, should be perfectly dry and heated. The cement, when applied, should also be heated. Join the broken pieces, bind them, and let them remain a week. This composition, when properly managed, forms an extremely strong cement. 401. To clean alabaster or any other kinds of marble. Pound pumice stone to a fine powder and mix it with juice. Let it remain several hours, then dip in a perfectly clean sponge and rub the marble with it till clean. Rinse it off with clear fresh water and rub it dry with a clean linen cloth. 402. Cement for ironware. Beat the whites of eggs to froth, then stir into them enough quicklime to make a consistent paste. Then add iron-fowl dust to make a thick paste. The quicklime should be reduced to a fine powder before mixing it with the eggs. Fill the cracks in iron wire with this cement and let them remain several weeks before using them. 403. To loosen the stopples of decanters and smelling bottles that are wedged in tight. Dip the end of a feather in oil and rub it round the stopple, close to the mouth of the bottle. Then put the bottle about a couple of feet from the fire, having the mouth towards it. The heat will cause the oil to run down between the stopple and mouth of the bottle. When warm, strike the bottle gently on both sides with any light wooden instrument that you may happen to have. If the stopple cannot be taken out with the hand at the end of this process, repeat it, and you will finally succeed by persevering in it, however firmly it may be wedged in. 404. Lip salve. Dissolve a small lump of white sugar in a tablespoonful of rose water. Common water will do, but is not as good. Mix it with a couple of large spoonfuls of sweet oil, a piece of spermaceti of the size of half a butternut. Simmer the whole well together eight or ten minutes, then turn it into a small box. 405. Cold cream. Take of the oil of almonds, two ounces, of spermaceti, half an ounce, and white wax half an ounce. Put them in a close vessel, and set the vessel in a skillet of boiling water. When melted, beat the ingredients with rose water until cold. Keep it in a tight box, or wide-mouthed bottle, corked up close. 406. To prevent the formation of a crust on tea-kettles. Keep an oyster shell in your tea-kettle, and it will prevent the formation of a crust on the inside of it by attracting the stony particles to itself. 407. To remove stains from broadcloth. cloth. Take an ounce of pipe-clay that has been ground fine, and mix it with twelve drops of alcohol, and the same quantity of spirits of turpentine. Whenever you wish to remove any stains from cloth, moisten a little of this mixture with alcohol, and rub it on the spots. Let it remain till dry, then rub it off with a woollen cloth, and the spots will disappear. 408 to extract paint from cotton, silk, and woollen goods. Saturate the spot with spirits of turpentine and let it remain several hours, then rub it between the hands. It will crumble away without injuring either the colour or texture of the article. 409. To remove black stains on scarlet woollen goods. Mix tartaric with water to give it a pleasant acid taste, then saturate the black spots with it, taking care not to have it touch the clean part of the garment. Rinse the spots immediately in fair water. Weak pearl-ash water is good to remove stains that are produced by acids. 410. To extract grease from silks, paper, woollen goods and floors. To remove grease spots from goods and paper, grate on them very thick French chalk. Common chalk will answer but is not as good as the French chalk. Cover the spots with brown paper, and set on a moderately warm iron, and let it remain till cold. Care must be taken not to have the iron so hot as to scorch or change the colour of the cloth. If the grease does not appear to be out on removing the iron, grate on more chalk, heat the iron again, and put it on. Repeat the process till the grease is entirely out strong pearl-ash water mixed with sand and rubbed on grease spots in floors is one of the most effective things that can be used to extract the grease four hundred and eleven to extract stains from white cotton goods and colored silks salts of ammonia mixed with lime will take out the stains of wine from silk spirits of turpentine alcohol and clear ammonia are all good to remove stains on colored silks spots of common or durable ink can be removed by saturating them with lemon juice and rubbing on salt, then putting them where the sun will shine on them hot for several hours. As fast as it dries, put on more lemon juice and salt. When lemon juice cannot be obtained, citric acid is a good substitute. Iron mold may be removed in the same way. Mildew and most other stains can be removed by rubbing on soft soap and salt and placing it where the sun will shine on it hot. Where soap and salt will not remove stains, lemon juice and salt will generally answer. The above things will only remove stains in warm, clear weather when the sun is hot. Sulfuric acid, diluted with water, is very effectual in removing fruit stains. Care should be taken not to have it so strong as to eat a hole in the garment, and as soon as the stain is out it should be rinsed in pearl-ash water, and then in fair water." Coloured cotton goods that have common ink spilled on them should be soaked in lukewarm sour milk. 412. Directions for washing calicoes. Calico clothes, before they are put in water, should have the grease spots rubbed out, as they cannot be seen when the whole of the garment is wet. They should never be washed in very hot soap-sets. That which is mildly warm will cleanse them quite as well and will not extract the colours so much soft soap should never be used for calicoes excepting for the various shades of yellow which look the best washed with soft soap and not rinsed in fair water other colors should be rinsed in fair water and dried in the shade when calicoes incline to fade the colors can be set by washing them in lukewarm water with beef's gall in the proportion of a teacupful to four or five gallons of water rinse them in fair water no soap is necessary without the clothes are very dirty if so, wash them in lukewarm suds after they have been first rubbed out in beef gall water. The beef gall can be kept several months by squeezing it out of the skin in which it is enclosed, adding salt to it, and bottled and corked tight. The water that potatoes have been boiled in is an excellent thing to wash black calicoes in. When there are many black garments to wash in a family, it is a good plan to save during the week all the water in which potatoes are boiled, the following method is said to set the colors of calicoes so that they will not fade by subsequent washing. Infuse three gills of salt in four quarts of boiling water. Put in the calicoes, which should be perfectly clean. If not so, the dirt will be set. Let the calicoes remain in till the water is cold. I have never seen this tried, but I think it is not improbable that it may be an excellent way to set the colours, as rinsing calicoes in cold salt and water serves to set the colours, particularly of black, blue and green colours. A little vinegar in the rinsing water of pink, red and green calicoes is good to brighten the colours, and keep them from mixing. All kinds of calicoes but black look better for starching, but black calicoes will not look clear if starched. On this account, potato water is an excellent thing to wash them, if boiled down to a thick consistence, as it stiffens them without showing. 413. Directions for Cleaning Silk Goods When silk cushions or silk coverings to furniture become dingy, rub dry bran on it gently with a woollen cloth till clean. Remove grease spots and stains as in Direction No. 410, silk garments should have the spots extracted before being washed use hard soap for all colours but yellow for which soft soap is the best put the soap into hot water beat it till it is perfectly dissolved then add sufficient cold water to make it just lukewarm put in the silks and rub them in it till clean take them out without wringing and rinse them in fair lukewarm water rinse it in another water and for bright yellows, crimsons and maroons, add sulphuric acid enough to the water to give it an acid taste before rinsing the garment in it. To restore the colours of the different shades of pink, put in the second rinsing water a little vinegar or lemon juice. For scarlet, use a solution of tin. For blues, purples and their shades, use pearl ash, and for olive greens, dissolve verdigris in the rinsing water. Fawn and browns should be rinsed in pure water dip the silks up and down in the rinsing water, take them out of it without wringing, and dry them in the shade. Fold them up while damp, let them remain to have the dampness strike through all parts of them alike, then put them in a mangler. If you have not one, iron them on the wrong side, with an iron only just hot enough to smooth them. A little isinglass or gum arabic dissolved in the rinsing water of gauze shawls and ribbons is good to stiffen them. The water in which pared potatoes have been boiled is an excellent thing to wash black silks in. It stiffens and makes them glossy and black. Beef's gall and lukewarm water is also a nice thing to restore rusty silk, and soap sets answers very well. They look better not to be rinsed in clear water, but they should be washed in two different waters. 414. Directions for washing woolens. If you do not wish to have white flannels shrink when washed, make a good suds of hard soap and wash the flannels in it without rubbing any soap on them. Rub them out in another suds, then wring them out of it, and put them in a clean tub, and turn on sufficient boiling water to cover them, and let them remain till the water is cold. A little indigo in the boiling water makes the flannels look nicer. If you wish to have your white flannels shrink, so as to have them thick, Wash them in soft soap suds and rinse them in cold water. Colored woolens that incline to fade should be washed with beef's gall and warm water before they are put into soap suds. Colored pantaloons look very well washed with beef's gall and fair warm water and pressed on the wrong side while damp. End of section twenty three.